you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome into our breakfast table, GMFB. And happy Friday, everybody. Long weekend ahead. My name is Kay Adams, Peter Schrager, D'Angelo Hall. KB, what's up? Hey, I, it's kind of a funny thing. I got to go to the U.S. Open yesterday, and I got to see some tennis here in Queens and New York. Never been there before. It was amazing. I'm walking around like this mezzanine area, and there's all these people, and it's a great scene and everything. This guy grabs me by the shoulder. He's got this crazy beard. He goes, hey, say it. And I go, what? 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 So he goes, say it. And I go, say what? He goes, lead block. Yeah. Like, so I go, so for Terry, Terry the Jets fan, let's yeah. all do it together. One, two, three, lead, lead block. block. That's for you, Terry. What a guy. If Woo. did that to me, I would lose That's my awesome. You see something, say something. Like yeah. Ooh, Saquon Barkley go took, his, <laughs> took his first hit. Guys, he took his first hit in pad of practice yesterday. That is great news for Giants fans. Their stars standing or sitting on the sideline. Saquon and Kenny Galladay, by the way, who hasn't taken a snap this preseason, were asked yesterday, when all these key pieces haven't been on the field together, can that offense start fast in week one, or will it take some time? Actually, we don't know the answer until we get out there. Um, you never know. Uh, you don't know how the season is going to start. Obviously, you have an idea of how you want it to start, um, but you never know. But I think we have a great group of guys, so a veteran group um, who's been playing football for a very long time. I think between all of us, we have a lot of football plays. Um, not so, so so much together, but just in all, being on the football field that, uh, you know, it's kind of like you've been doing this since some of us been playing seven, middle school, high school. Um, at the end of the day, football's football. I'm excited. When I look in the huddle and see all those guys, um, it's very exciting. But, you know, people have been, you know, in and out of the lineup. So it, we're going to be a little probably slow to get off, but, you know, we got some workers on this team, and I feel like we put the work in. I feel like we can we can be really special. Kenny keeping it honest. It's six days to kick off to the season. Nine days until the Broncos come to town to battle it out with those Giants week one. Should New York fans expect a playoff? At the, by the way, I changed the question because meeting it was run. <laughs> yeah. Should we expect a playoff run That's from different. the Giants? And yeah. I was like, let's change that to appearance in 2020. Yeah, run is like you're going after clear to like, the title game. Couple like, games. Let's relax. Yeah, that's like Kenny Galladay's telling you we're starting slow. I know. Should they expect a playoff appearance? I wouldn't expect it. No, I hope for it. I hope it happens. Uh, should we just do the Daniel Jones thing one more time? Let's just buckle up, hands and feet inside the vehicle. We've done this for six months. I, I, can this kid play? I hope so. I really do. This is the year. This might even be the game. I hate the matchup against Denver. I wish it was a slow rollout. I even wish they were playing against a team with a great offense, but maybe not that kind of pass rush. I hate it. And yet, one of the things we pulled up in the offseason, we pulled up a lot on this dude, is that through two years, he has significantly better numbers than Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen did through two years. In almost every important category, Daniel Jones is better. So what does that lead me to believe? That guy we talked about just now, Kenny Galladay, I think he's actually really important because he's going to have to be Daniel Jones, Stephon Diggs. Oof, Josh that's, Allen that's doesn't do I know, it's, it's a lot, and someone in Western New York just threw up, <laughs> and maybe he doesn't have to be as good as Stephon Diggs or as productive. you got to be something. We talk so much Saquon, and that matters, and Daniel Jones. Kenny Galladay, we almost never speak about you. You've kind of been in and out of camp. We don't really know what great of a player you are. 
So you got to be huge in this thing because, again, D'Angelo, as a guy who made his living feasting off quarterbacks making mistakes, Daniel Jones makes a lot, and if he does early against Denver and then against Washington, mm. we're sitting at 0-2, and, and, the, and the sky is falling. And I don't want it, but we need some big plays, man. Yeah, and when I look at this, are the Giants a playoff team? The answer has to be no because just – you, if you can't protect Daniel Jones, yeah. to me, it all starts there. Like, even listening to Saquon, right? Saquon's like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we I mean, we'll, see. we'll see. We got to, you know, we start slow. Uh-huh. He's watched the same thing we've watched <laughs> through the course of preseason. And so he knows as, as dynamic as he is, as dynamic as all of those pieces when they get on the football field together. I mean, the skill position, like for the longest I told people, right, before any preseason games were played, I said, man, the Giants scare me. Everybody keeps talking Dallas in this division. As a Washington fan, I'm saying the Giants scare me. Yeah. They beat us yeah. twice. As, as bad as that line uh-huh. is, they beat us twice, right? And so that was the team that scared me. But when I didn't see any type of progression with that offensive line, still not protecting Daniel Jones, like I don't know if he can play or not. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel bad for him because I think he can play. I just think he isn't he, – he hasn't been given – he's been given the proper pieces from a skill position standpoint. But like I said, if you cannot protect the quarterback, and like you said, uh, uh, Kyle, that matchup – it's tough. Denver, it's not Denver ideal. has a heck of a defense, and that pass rush is going to be coming. And so, if anybody watched any preseason games like we did, uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that Giants offensive line is going, they're going to be in for a long oh, yeah. day. I mean, D'Angelo, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. And you really are, because that's what I'm basing it on, the preseason. Now, look, we have all these stars, and you've got Galladay, and, like, there's excitement about Galladay. And, yes, Saquon comes back, and he looks amazing wearing a backwards hat and running. Looks great. When... The game start, Von Miller's lining up there, Bradley Chubb is right there, and you have Andrew Thomas, and you have either uh, Soder or, or Nate Soder, or you have Matt Pert out of UConn, and I'll tell you what, we haven't seen much of Saquon this summer, we haven't seen Gallaudet, we've seen those guys, and it hasn't been good, it hasn't been good, and it's been against backups on other teams, so I have great fear about the bookend tackles on this team, and yeah. the whole point was like, we're going to revitalize. Look at what, I mean, Josh Uche put a performance on in this preseason game, then I'm up there doing flips about Uche, and I'm like, I'm watching it back, I'm like, I don't know, was Uche that good, or is the Giants offensive line that bad? It, mm. it, we have so much that we say about Daniel Jones, and it's year four, it's year three, and there's so much pressure, and he needs to step up. I'll tell you what, last year they had an offensive line draft like no other in 2020 where it was tackle, tackle, tackle. The Giants took the first one, fourth overall. You want to talk about someone who's under pressure. Mm. How about Andrew Thomas? Yeah. He's their starting left tackle. Jedrick wow. Wills, uh-huh. who's going to be a stud. Makai Becton, who's already been talking about generational talent. And then Tristan Wirth, who has a Super Bowl ring and is already in the top 100 oh because God. he protected Tom Brady last year. Thomas went fourth overall. So we could talk Daniel Jones and the expectations and the hype. Tell you what, if those two offensive tackles cannot protect, Daniel Jones has no shot. And to your point, Kyle, real quick, they play them on a Sunday, the Broncos, Chubb and Miller. On Thursday, Mm -hmm. Montez Sweat, Mm -hmm. Chase Young, Mm -hmm. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. You, Matt Ioannidis. Hey, that's that offensive line. Keep saying them names. It's like Mufasa. Woo! That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> Say another name. Woo! Chase Young. Woo! All right, we'll do it. I'll sweat. Diamond Davis. Woo! Them offensive linemen going to be shaking. Mufasa! You say the word pressure. So there's pressure on the picks. And this whole team is under so much pressure, Shriggs, because they had – I've preached patience on this whole Gettleman experience. Like, you know, he had the chance to tear it down, build it back up, build up a strong defense. They have a strong defense, build up some 
exciting playmakers, adding them to the roster, drafting them, what have you, acquiring them. And now it's go time. Patience is over. And I worry, we talk about pressure. How what how big of a pressure cooker is this Giants organization right now? If they don't get it right, we have heard John Mara, like I haven't heard him through my career, mm-hmm. speak very candidly about the time is now. It's look, and he's not happy. He this is a championship team that wants to get back there. And I think that if they fail at this, if we don't see that, I do think big changes will come to this team. I think so. I, I don't think the coach is in danger. I just wouldn't think in year two. But yeah. I do think you look at the overall core of this team. They went all in for this season, and. Daniel Jones has that contract extension looming. Saquon has that Mm. contract extension looming. And then you've got a front office that, hey, we've been picking all these players. Here's what it is. You can't go 6-10 and 10 or 6-11 and 11 again. It just can't happen year after year after year. They finished the season really strong. Right here, though. They won four games. They look good. Like, there's momentum. And I think they feel good this summer, but... The football was... The, what, what Kay's talking about, it, it, it's crazy where these guys were drafted. Like, where, Thomas, you said, was drafted where? Fourth overall. Where's Saquon drafted? Second overall. Daniel Jones drafted? Sixth overall. Come on. These guys, that's three top ten yeah. picks who all have to show out. And as far as Daniel Jones... All on Jones, offense. All on offense... I feel like with Daniel Jones, I almost feel like I know more about Mac Jones right now than I know about Daniel Jones. I just do. Like, I'm more confident in him through a few preseason games. That's so weird. And I've seen Daniel Jones play real football for two years, and I still don't know what I'm getting. I'd rather go to battle with Mac just because there's so much mystery. Daniel, can Daniel Jones play? Can he play? Bottom he, line. He can play. Can he? He can play. And he's, 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 he's sneaky athletic. And so you can do a lot of different things. And even when I see Jason Garrett out there calling plays, you know, it takes me back to Dak's rookie year, right, where he doesn't need to process everything. Okay. Um, you just need to have a stable run game. But like I said, that Dallas team was built through the offensive line. Uh-huh. And so I think even for Jason Garrett, he's thinking like, God, I want to run the football, but these guys can't block. They can't, mm. they, you know, they're not really effective run blockers. Mm-hmm. They're not really effective pass blockers. And so it's just, it's tough. It's tough because everything literally starts up front. It doesn't matter if you have your quarterback if you can't, Protect them. Is this one of the teams on your list of must-win playoff games? <laughs> Absolutely. This is this is it. I mean, this the, in, the teams the like the Raiders. Make, they have to win. You have to. Or else. If you don't get a wild card this year, it's not but, working. That's three guys, straight years of this thing. Is the conversation different if Philly leaves Jalen Hurts in the game mm, from last year? And they go to the because they probably the win, game. They, Yeah, they win the division. They had the tiebreaker over Washington. I know. I know. And I, I was at, I was watching that game. Philly had all the momentum. Uh-huh. And then it was kind of like weird it was game. the weirdest what? game of all time. What? I know. Thank you. I know. <laughs> Thank you. You know what I mean? It was playoff checks. Thank you. And so, what is in your coffee over there today? Uh, uh, Whatever I'm, it is, I'm have excited. more. I'm hey, excited. does the radio guy get a playoff check or no? Nah. Uh, sorry, dude. Yeah. Uh, you did you get a check, an extra check for the work you did at NFL.com? No, I did not. Oh, no, NFL.com slash predictions. <laughs> uh, D'Angelo, I believe, was one of 29 analysts that made picks for which teams in both conferences would make it to the playoffs. It's a labor of love. I can't imagine how hard that is. How many picked the Giants? Well, head on over to NFL.com slash predictions to find out. We've got a big show. Rob Gronkowski the program. Here we go, everybody. Our next guest, big fan of Flowrider, and as it turns out, a big power napper. We learned that in the commercial break. He's also a four-time Super Bowl champ, one of the best players to ever step on a football field at any position. Our guy, Gronk, Rob Gronkowski. Welcome to Good Morning Football. Yeah, baby. What's up, guys? How you doing? (laughs) We are doing so good. We are all so excited to see you. And, Rob, it's really exciting because we have a football game in six days in Tampa Bay, you guys versus the Dallas Cowboys. Last time we saw you were winning the Super Bowl, catching two tutties. 
looking forward to this game, you guys versus the Cowboys. Rob, how do you feel about the matchup? How, what's this night going to be like? You know, the night's going to be pretty special. But uh, uh, first off, I'm just excited to get the season started. And I love Thursday night games, especially the first game of the year. You get Thursday night, you know, then you get a couple days off. You get to recover from the game, and then, boom, you hit rest of the season from there. But I'm just excited to get back to football, to get back out on the field. And what I'm most excited about is having fans back out there again. You know, we're going to have 70,000 fans uh, running out of the tunnel, and that's going to be electric. Our fans were already electric in just the preseason games. And at the Super Bowl game, it was only like 25,000 fans. They were pretty electric. But we're going to be walking out to 70,000 fans now, packed stadium. That's going to be pretty dope. Rob, we're talking over here. It's like Gronk's a four-time Super Bowl champion. Four-time Super Bowl champion. It is so cool. And yet... There might be a fifth ring. You might get one for the thumb. All 22 starters from last year's Super Bowl team are back. A defending champ has not pulled that off since the 77 Oakland Raiders. Mm. What is the vibe there in Tampa? I know you're in the building right now. And what are we feeling now that all those familiar faces came back for one more ride? Yeah, no, we got a great vibe uh, around this building. You know, everyone's in it together. Uh, Everyone works together. Uh, You know, everyone's uh, coming in every single day to get better as a team uh you know that no one thinks you know they're too good for you know this this opportunity um everyone knows that we got to keep on working keep on finding ways to get better because people are going to come in other teams are going to come in and give us their best shot every single time we step out on the practice field we're always competing uh we're trying to get better in the meeting rooms out on the field wherever it is so it's a good vibe though it's a fun vibe too uh, around this building and uh but at the same time we're working so just overall it's, it's good days at work here hey grung you and brady heading into your 11th season playing together you've won four titles now you're preparing to defend for another championship uh what stands out to you most about about just the experience of playing with tom so many years Man, just how determined he is and competitive he is year in and year out. That's what's most impressive. It's not like, oh, man, you know, I won last year. I, I threw for so many yards, touchdowns, all that. But, no, he's always trying to take his game to the next level every single year, no matter how good he did the year before. No matter if he won it all the year before, he's just trying to take it always to the next step, which is pretty incredible, and that's what makes him great. It's so true. You guys have spent so much time together, and you both spent so much time in New England. Hey, Rob, 20 years for Brady up there. You were there for nine years, almost an entire decade. So I know you're focusing on the Cowboys, but the world at large is focused on and highly anticipating this action. Week four, Bucks at Patriots. Probably just the, I mean, we're calling, what is it this? Super, Super Bowl 55 Super and a half. Super Bowl 55 <laughs> and a half. Like, it's that big of a game for us, for fans. And I know it's a big deal to you. What comes to mind when you think about what that that night's going to be like. You know, that's a yeah, that, that game I get asked about many, many times, uh, especially the closer that it, it, you know, comes to week four. But, I mean, we do have, you know, the Dallas Cowboys coming in next week, and we cannot look past the Cowboys. Yes, the week four game is going to be legendary. Uh, it's going to probably be emotional. Uh, that's really what comes to my mind. But I would say, though, when week four comes, that's when, you know, I would say I, I, I would start getting those types of feelings and, and starting to understand what that's all about. Because in the NFL, you can't really look past any week, and that's what we got. We got the Cowboys. We got two other games after that. Uh, and 
that's what we got to really focus on. I'm sure when week four comes, that's going to be a special week, uh, you know, like I never had before. But as of right now, we got the Cowboys coming into town. They got a good team, and we got to be prepared for them. You know, one of your former teammates is now in the media game, and he was doing the rounds earlier this week. Julian Edelman is hosting Inside the NFL this fall. What, what do you think of Julian Edelman now, TV analyst, as I remember he was judging you, TV analyst. <laughs> now that's, the tables have turned. Yes, I love that Jules is, you know, still a part, you know, of football and uh, being an analyst, too. He's going to be great at it. Jules always has, you know, a great way to compare something, a great way to analyze something. And uh, when he gets on TV, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to see what he has to say. And I want to see I want to hear his comparison uh, the way that I kind of gave him his comparison when I said that, you know, he was like a squirrel, you know, always looking for nuts, always, you know, trying to get into the end zone, all that good stuff. So I can't wait till he gets on. Uh, he's going to be epic and uh, he's going to be a lot of fun, too. And he has a lot of knowledge, too. He knows the game of football inside and out. He played many, many years. He's been one of the toughest players I ever played with. So it's going to be exciting to see him up up there and uh, just, you know, giving his thoughts about football. Absolutely, a Super Bowl MVP. We needed that squirrel nut comment. Thank you for that, Gronk, on this Friday morning. Uh, yesterday, yes, this is really exciting. You revealed the winners. Yeah, you revealed the winners of the Buccaneers Girls in Football Scholarship. Tell me about this program and personally why it's so important to you. Yes, so the Buccaneers, they just do a great job in the community. Uh, uh, just throughout, you know, all of Tampa and even expanding outside. But yesterday, uh, through the Tampa Bay organization, I got to reveal four winners of the Buccaneers Girls in Football Scholarship. Uh, so about a couple weeks ago, I had a Zoom call with uh, four young ladies that were headed off to college and got to award them um, a scholarship to their school. And it's uh, four young uh, ladies that played the game of football, and one of them was even a kicker. Uh, for their high school fo uh, varsity football team. So uh, it just, you know, raising awareness that football is for everyone. Uh, football uh, is, is for guys, girls. Uh, we got a lot of, you know, women on our coaching staff, our strength and conditioning staff. Uh, so the Tampa Bay organization just does a great job with that awareness. And I'm just glad to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, just an honor in order to recognize these four young ladies that were just doing a great job, not just on the football field, but also in their community. It's incredible, and you're doing the same, Rob. We know those young ladies will be part of the kickoff festivities next week. We will be watching. The world will be watching. It's incredible to have you on the show. We know you're going to have a very productive season. Peter actually did the math and calculated you have exactly 69 receptions. So go get it, Gronk. We love you, man. It's on you, babe. Really? I do? Yeah. Since That's the number he came out to, yeah. <laughs> oh, That's the season. Oh, all right. It's Peter coming up. Oh, <laughs> From last season, then you add up a couple catches from the couple first games this season. I'll be 69 right on, yeah. Peter. I love your calculations, man. Thank it you. It always is. <laughs> All up here. You guys have a great Thank day. You, Rob. Actually, don't have a good day. You have too. a great day. Yeah! Thanks, Gronk. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Good Morning Football. I've got your headlines. I've got your news. And this is Rapid Fire edition of New York Minute. We're here in New York, and here's how it works. 60 seconds ago on the clock, and we each have to answer a series of questions teed up by a counterpart. You guys ready? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. All right, D'Angelo, I don't think you've ever played this before. But I'm gay. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so we'll have Peter go first. Let's just sort of set the tone and story how it goes. Shrek, let's start with you. 60 seconds, and away we Go Billy Eichner. Next week kicks off prediction week right here on Good Morning Football. You have to pick everything. Which team are you struggling to make a prediction on this year? Cowboys. Mm. I'm, I'm intoxicated oh, yeah? by hard knocks, but I don't know if any of that's real <laughs> or not. Like, I'm seeing a team that's going to win the Super Bowl on hard knocks, but I don't. are they any good? I have no idea. Cowboys, I don't Jack's know if they're 6-11 and 11 or 11-6. and six. Uh, what, We've talked a lot about how the Niners might use Trey Lance this season. How many snaps will Trey Lance play week one against Detroit? Somewhere between five and ten. I'm gonna say eight. I'm gonna say eight. This game might get ugly early on. I think the Niners roll in this one, and I don't think we're gonna see too much Trey Lance of the funny business. What's the most underrated receiving trio heading into 2021? Atlanta, Ridley, Pitts, Gage. Your boy. No one is talking about Arthur Smith and that offense, and I think it could be really good and electric. I think Ridley, Pitts, and Gage. We've got 15 seconds here. You mentioned HBO's The White Lotus. I have not dabbled into this yet. Who is the best character on the show? Armand. Armand, the Australian hotel manager. If you guys have not seen White Lotus, I can't uh, stress it enough how great Armand is, played by Murray Bartlett. I don't know his name. I'm not aware of him. Is Armand he a likable character? Do we like hating him? What is <laughs> yeah, it? It's hard to describe. Really? <laughs> he does something at the end that is absolutely <laughs> uncalled for. Win all the Emmys. All right, D'Angelo. It's uncalled for. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to put you on the clock. All right, 60 seconds, you're up. You've played in stadiums all across the league. Which team in the NFL has the harshest fans for opponents to deal with? Oh, my goodness. It's Philly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Down. Maybe that's why I have such a disdain oh for Philadelphia Eagles because I've been in that stadium and they jump mm-hmm. on you from the moment you get off the bus. All right, let's go. We always like to shine a light on names that don't necessarily get enough credit. Who is a current head or assistant coach that you think deserves some recognition heading into the season? Uh, Aubrey Pleasant. He's up there with the Detroit Lions, and they ain't going to win a lot of games. That's why it breaks my heart to always down that roster. But Aubrey Pleasant, one of the best coaches I've ever been around. He is the defensive backs coach out there. You are a few years away, but if you were having a 40th birthday party and could invite anybody to the party to perform, who would it be? Oh, I'm dropping the mic. Jay-Z? Oh, wow. No no explanation? No no explanation. Hove. Okay. You just finished a week being in New York City. Got to see the town. What was the most New York thing that you experienced? Oh, man. Just sitting on the park bench just watching boats go by. I, I tell people, I, I love it up York. here, but all I do is sit, just sit on benches and watch boats go by, sit by the water. So, yes, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I think the most New York thing you experienced was Peter going, no explanation, just Jay-Z? That's all you're going to say? That's it? That's a New York thing. <laughs> Look at the clock. There's 50 seconds left. we got one more question. I'm like, Daniel, give me a little something. You should yeah. just watch the boats go by. That's yeah, just watch the boats go by. I've right, never Kyle. done that in New York. All right, Kyle, you're up next. I'll go. I agree with you did it yesterday for the first time ever. I've never done it. You've never done it? Yesterday I did weirdly oh. for the first time. Sit on a park bench Don't kick it watch boats. All right, I'm sorry. Did we get that clock up yet? No, it's coming. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. So you've interviewed a lot of quarterbacks on your podcast. Ten questions. Who? Ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who's the one quarterback you love to sit down with for 30 minutes before the start of the season? There's a lot of good ones. I've been very upfront about this. It's Baker Mayfield. I think he's the most interesting interview of any quarterback in the league right now. But he ain't saying squat. The Browns are shut down. Stefanski wouldn't go on Peter's no. podcast. Next. 
A new season of Angry Runs is almost upon yeah. us. Which band would you choose to record the Angry Runs theme song for this year? I'm just gonna go chalk with this. It's gotta be Slipknot. I, I think it's just gotta be Slipknot. They're from Iowa. They would love Kittle, and I could come out and wear one of those masks with the nose and the eyes. It's Slipknot without even a doubt. <laughs> All right. Your former Princeton Tiger. Yeah. Who's the best Ivy League player currently in the league? Fitzpatrick is the headliner, obviously, but I think I gotta go with our guy Kyle Juszczyk. He is unbelievable. He's the best at his position. He killed it at Harvard, made the jump to the NFL. There's a lot of them, but Kyle Juszczyk, come on. All right, Bradley Bozeman was talking about his RV on Wednesday. Yeah. What's your secret to a great RV trip? Executing the sanitation line. It's very easy. <laughs> it can be all hot dogs and marshmallows and road trips and soundtracks. When you have to use the sanitation hookup at the campsite, that thing can ruin oh. not just your trip, but your life. That's the one. It can, cousin Eddie into the sewer. You ever do that? I, I would have never thought Oh, of that. my God. It gets line. real. You better make sure that's... It's kind yes. of a lot like Armand uh, at the final episode. In FF. No spoilers. We'll come full circle. Adams. Put, I'm piecing together the final Yeah, me too. It's terrible. Armand. It's a deplorable human act. Adams, uh, you are Running shocking? Anchor. Did you see yes. it coming? Shocking. Like no, it came out of no one saw this. There's a couple scenes with Armand you don't see happening. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, Adams, you're yeah. the anchor of this relay. Let's go. 60 seconds on the clock. Let's go. Last year, the AFC North was the only division to send three teams to the playoffs. Which division do you think will have three playoff teams this year? AFC North, but it's not going to be the same three teams. I think the Bengals have a successful season. Surprise, everybody flip the table and get in. I will not say which team will not make it. Awesome. Fans' expectations for their teams are all over the map this time of year. Give me one fan base who should be more excited than they are right now for this season. The Bears. You got to the playoffs with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles last year. You think you can't be in contention with Andy Dalton? Are you guys kidding? It's like I'm talking to you, Kyle Brandt. A lot of whining in my uh, mentions about, oh, the Bears. You waited seven years for quarterback talent like this. He will play. Calm down. Bears in the playoffs two of the last three years. Last year, we had the weekend take over the Super Bowl halftime. Who would be your pick for this year's Super Bowl halftime performer? Oh, well, I could say Jay-Z, like you did. If Rihanna did it, that would mean that she actually created more music, new music, which I would be here for, but it's obviously Fisher Spoon. That's Fisher Spoon! <laughs> Fisher Spoon is everywhere, okay? On your recent trip to Kansas City, you were given lots of barbecue recommendations. What is your ideal order at a barbecue joint? No meat. <laughs> no, no anything. Like, everybody else can enjoy that. Sides. All the sides, all of them. What's your depth chart? Quickly. Where do you go? Top oh man, macaroni and cheese, coleslaw. If the coleslaw is like not very creamy, no, but I don't. I like like a vinegary one instead of like a, a creamy mayonnaise one. So that would be first. Mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, yeah. corn on the Talk cob. Let's it. go. You know what you want? Joe's ribs? Casey, no yeah. ribs? No brisket? No, but I want, like, you can make it on the tray, your tray yeah. grill, and I'll love it, and I'll talk to you, and I'll ask you okay. all the questions you want me to ask you about how you do this and yeah. how you're rough. Sure. I'll, I'll indulge all of your craziness, okay. but I will not eat any of it. Okay. Mac okay. and cheese. <laughs> Extra mac and cheese is never a wrong answer. Mm-mm. More good morning football yeah. on the way. We've got Nick Sirianni, head coach of the Eagles, on the way. We're fired up to introduce our next guest. He's in his first year as an NFL head coach, and he's with the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's welcome for his first time on Good Morning Football, head coach Nick Sirianni. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Nick, what is that shirt you're wearing? Before we get to the questions here, I see a football skills camp T-shirt. I want you to tell us what you got on. Yeah, that's that's my uh, <clears throat> that's my brother. My brother's a head college football coach at Washington and Jefferson College in the Pittsburgh area, and they got they open up their season tomorrow. Uh, so support my brother. Um, they they play John Carroll, which actually is the rival of the the school that I went to. So yeah, double double rooting for him. You know, obviously root for him everywhere he goes, and uh, love my brother, love my family, and really excited for his season to get started. Yeah, and as a Mount Union guy, you hate John Carroll. I see how mm-hmm. it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick, it's, here's it's, what it is. Preseason is now officially over. <laughs> 
We're now less than 10 days away to the regular season, and I know what you're known for. You're a really good motivator. What's been the message for your team now that the preseason and training camp is in the rearview mirror and the Atlanta Falcons are up ahead? You know, the, the message has been clear since day one when we got here, and it's our core values. It's, it's connecting. It's competing. It's accountability. It's football IQ. And it's fundamentals. And we preach that every single day, and that's been the message from OTAs, to training camp, to preseason games over and over and over again. And now the message, what I've really what I've really said to the team a couple times now is, now we're in this 17-round heavyweight championship fight. And the first round is in Atlanta. And so now it's just it's just a little bit, you know, now instead of against going against each other, the goal is still to get better at all those core values that I just named. But now you got a you got opponent in sight, right? It's kind of like I kind of uh, made the analogy to the team, like when Rocky was fighting uh, Ivan Drago, he had his picture up on the mirror right here and staring at it. So now, right, that's where we're at right now. We're into that 17-round heavyweight championship fight, round one in Atlanta. Hearts on fire. We're right there with you in Siberia. We're training because you know, Coach, when it gets closer to the fight, Rocky rips that picture off and he says, I don't want to look at that thing anymore. I want to hit this man. It's almost time to hit and we can feel it coming through the camera, but we have to address something very important. We actually buried the lead on this. Let's talk about the core values of shirtless basketball. Here's the deal. <laughs> you recently traded for Gardner Minshew, who was formerly on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Minshew told the world that his first meeting with you was in 2019. It was before the draft, and he said that you guys played a game of horse. Take a listen to the clip. When he's at Indianapolis, I took a draft visit and uh, we were playing horse, and it was getting pretty competitive, and I had a button-up on, and I had to take that off because uh, the game was getting a little too competitive. And uh, I think that really stood out, so I think that um, might have actually played a role into why I'm here. Can you tell us who won that game of horse? Dang. Yeah, he did. Um, but, you know, I was up, and then we started talking ball. He's kind of distracted me. I uh, took my shirt off, and it didn't help, and uh, he just continued to beat me, so... But that's why I'm back. I'm back for revenge. He's back for revenge. <laughs> Coach, take us into this game. Bring us back. What do you remember about it? Well, you know, that's something that, that Frank Reich and I did in, in Indianapolis with, with guys that came in. We, uh, <clears throat> a way to get to know them and a way, and a way to kind of just kind of loosen them up and, and not feel like it was so formal, we, we took them in there and competed with them with, with shooting the basketball. And so, you know, I vividly remember that year because we had a couple good ones that year where we got the guy in there and we found out a little bit about the guy. I found out what an ultra competitor Gardner Minshew is, right? And, you know, to the point where I was beating him in this game of horse and he didn't feel comfortable. He's like, I, I can't beat you with this dress shirt on. You mind if I pop my shirt? I said, hey, do whatever you got to do. And so that's what I remember about it. You know, he, uh, it was, it Again, I just saw his competitiveness, and 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 you know, just we got we were able to talk ball as we were doing it, and kind of figuring out what he knew about ball and this and that. And then we spent our rest of our time in the classroom. But that was just a way that we we get the guys to loosen up and uh, and see how they compete and connect with them at the same time. Well, we're all about it here at the breakfast table. Nick Sirianni waking up with Good Morning Football for the very first time. Now, as I understand it, Minshew's not the only guy that you talked to before you landed there together in Philadelphia. You interviewed Jalen Hurts. You had some familiarity with him before becoming the head coach there in Philly. What were your first impressions, like your earliest memories of Jalen, and how have they changed throughout the time you've spent working with him so closely? 
You know, my, my, my first impressions of him was just he's a, a guy that really loves football. And that's something like, and, and that, was, that was very evident to us when we were in Indianapolis, that he loved football. He was willing to do everything he needed to do to get better at football. And, and when and my impressions of guys like that and my experience with guys like that is guys that are, at first it comes down to talent, right? A guy's talented and, you're, and you want to work with him. But guys that are talented and then that are tough and that love football, and that have high character, they reach their ceiling. That's just my experience. And those are the guys you can't get on the bus without, and you can't you can't get on the plane without when you go play. And Jalen, that, that was really evident of Jalen when I first met him. I remember I was with uh, Brian Dable walking in the in the hallway at the combine, and he introduced me to him because Brian had coached him at Alabama. So um, that's when I first met him, and, and you know what? I could feel that. And then we left we left mm-hmm. Jalen, and Brian's like, that guy's a stud. Yeah. Hey, Nick, I was having fun yesterday saying that I'm not sure if rock, paper, scissors is something I can really get behind. Now, you talk about horse, now we be in there fighting playing basketball. But what's the psychology behind that? Yeah, you know, good good question. The, you know, rock, paper, scissors is something we're forced to do, like, when you're, when you, when you can't bring them into the building, right? And uh, otherwise, I'd love to play horse. Like, I... D'Angelo, I pick games that I know I can win at. I'm a pretty good shooter, so I know I can win at that game. I'm pretty good at ping pong, so I know I can win at that game. Like rock, paper, scissors, I don't know. It's a, there's a little bit of strategy to it, but it's not like I'm real good at it. So I prefer those other games. It was just, hey, we were virtual. We had to think of something, and that's, that's what, what we had. came up with. That's what we no, had. No. But the oh, psychology behind it really is when you compete with somebody, when, and this has my, been my message to the team all along, like when you compete with somebody, right, and then you go to, to battle with them after you compete with them, that actually forms a connection, right, that you, that, that you think about. Like all the players that, you, that you're friends with, right, or that I'm friends with, um, like when I was growing up, I competed with them more than anybody. So it does, it brings you closer. And now look at, look at this with Gardner Minshew. Like I'm able to, I'm able to go back and, and start this relationship with him as his coach, officially as his coach, and we get, did get to know each other while we were competing against each other. It's the, it's the, it's the groundwork of, you know, our relationship and our builder. And, and my other philosophy on competing is this. It's simple. You practice inside zone to get good at inside zone. You practice mm-hmm. press man techniques like, like you did. You were awesome at it, by the way, to get better at press <laughs> man. You practice competing to get better at competing. Like, it's, it's real simple mm, uh, philosophy I like that, that I have. Coach, we have a little game we play here. It's called Rock, Paper, Scepter. And the scepter <laughs> always wins. Now, I know you know what this is. Let's tell the people. You were in Indianapolis last year with the Colts. And last year in our Angry Run segment, Jonathan Taylor was coming up every single week. And he finally won the scepter. He was taking over the segment. And we loved him for it, for doing all this nasty, angry running over anybody that the league put in front of him. What I want to hear from you is we have a whole palette of scepters for this year, for the 2021 season. Get us fired up about why we're going to be sending them to Philadelphia this fall. First of all, let me say that as I look down at the bottom of the screen there, like Jonathan had an awesome T-shirt. I want one of those T-shirts. I know I wasn't carrying the ball, but, I, you know, Frank and I were coming up with the plays, right? I, I kind of <laughs> want one of those T-shirts. I'm just going to start by saying that. And I'd like to also tell you that, 
What a great segment that is. Like, you got a lot of passion and a lot of fire when you're doing that. That, make, that makes it really engaging to watch it. And that's why we enjoy watching the, One of the reasons why we enjoy watching the show. Um, and so, you know, every Saturday night, like when Jonathan made that list, every Saturday night we in, our, in Indianapolis, we put that one of the, you know, we would show the, obviously the openers, we would show this, but to break it up, hey, we're going from runs to screens, to break it up, we would show that segment every once in a while, you know, whenever he was on it. And the guys were, you know, you got, you got our team fired up in Saturday night meetings because of how much energy you had. So I love that segment. I look forward to our guys being on that segment this year with, with uh, Miles Sanders and Kenny Gamow and, Bo- and Boston Scott really, and, and Jordan Howard. You know, so I think that segment always starts with what you do up front. And uh, I'm really excited about this group that we have up front. Um, and I'm just, I'm just really excited about it. Really good offensive line, great offensive line coach and Jeff Stoutland. And, you know, they get it started. They get that momentum of the back building so that back can smack into that, that guy and finish that off for the angry run. So it all starts up front. I'm looking forward to watching it this, this year. I want that, the scepter, is that what we call it? Scepter. I want the scepter in Philadelphia. That's what I'm excited about. I, I want to hear. My man. I'll tell you what, Coach, you go ba- lay a beat down on Atlanta, we'll send you all the T-shirts and scepters you want, my man. So good, Coach. Great job. Awesome. Great job. Thanks for getting us up in the morning. Thanks for joining us. Tremendous job on the show, and we hope to have you on it again. And good luck week one. I know you're ready. I hope the team is too. Let's go. Yeah. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Good to be here. Thanks, guys. Awesome. We'll be back with Nate Burleson joining us in just a little bit. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back to Good Morning Football. We are joined now by one of our closest friends of the show. It feels very weird to bring him in on a remote, but I feel like I have to juice up this. Juice yep. it up. This yep, yep, intro. Yep. 11 seasons in the NFL with the Vikings, mm. the Seahawks, mm. the Lions. Mm. Five years at this breakfast table. Mm. He went from being a mime in Times Square to the big table at CBS this morning. You've seen him on Nate Stradamus on Burleson. Toe, drag, mm. swag. Mm. Please welcome back Nate. I miss you guys. I miss you guys. I love you guys. Thank you for having me on the show. Listen, I've been doing these rehearsals all week long, and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're we're sitting in the middle of Times Square. I don't really have much nervousness. I don't know why right now I am so nervous. Being on the other side (laughs) of the camera talking to you guys, I'm tripping out right now. It's weird. <laughs> it's super fun. You look great. We're so excited for you. And it's been Thank a week, you. and officially a week since we said bye to you here on Good Morning Football. I know you've been rehearsing a lot, it sounds like. What else have you been up to? Tell us everything. Fill us in. Well, we've been um, hanging out at our new digs, 1515 um, Times Square. We are right in the heart of it, the, the crossroads of the world, if you will. Um, doing a few rehearsals during the week, really getting to know Tony and Gail and, of course, everybody else behind the camera. Uh, but we have some cool stuff planned coming up. But, yeah, last week, it, it, was, it was unreal. More emotional than I thought it would be. Um, there's been a ton of people coming up to me, and they were saying, 
Well, we know that when people leave shows, it, it gets emotional. But a, a whole week, a send-off for Nate Burleson? What was going on on GMFB? And, and I had to explain, it's family. We've been together five years. So it was, it was hard to say goodbye, as boys to men would say. Um, but it isn't the end of the road, if you feel me. He's back. He's no. back with the boys and men. Just beautiful, Nate. It's like you never left. I got to tell us, it's weird for us, too. This is very strange. We wake up this morning, and they're like, oh, Nate's on the show. We're like, wow, he's back already? That was fast. <laughs> Oops, CBS signed a prenup. Uh, Nate, let's get serious. Let's not mess around with this. Um, you okay. teased it a little bit in that way that you do. Your debut next mm -hmm. week. Now, I know you, yeah. you got something for us. You always got something. You're not just show up and do something stock. Give us a little more. When you're looking into next week, how are you going to make your debut for this new program? Well, one, I'm going to introduce myself to the world, peel back the layers of Nate Burleson, as people uh, might not know me as um, a father, an investor, a businessman, um, all the things that you guys might know about me. Um, but then it, I'm also going to introduce maybe some segments from Good Morning Football. I think they were paying attention, Kyle, when you were, were telling the world all of the things that I can take from Good Morning Football to CBS. Maybe a lesson, some essays on what's going on, not just locally, but internationally and globally. Um, I also feel like, uh, you know, I'll be able to dive into the city and use New York as a character. It's something that we talked about on Good Morning Football for the last five years. It's almost like New York is a host in itself. So I'm going to dive into the city and really try to uh, peel back the curtain on how great this city really is. All right, so on our show, you did burlesque. Jeff Wheatley, yeah. our producer, just whispered in my ear, how about a burlesque? Burlesque. What are you saying? <laughs> a burlesque every week. That's it. That, you could take that one for free. That's from me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Peter. You're a week removed from the show now. We've had a lot to talk about here at the table. Your colleague, Tony Romo, made a crazy comparison. Zach Wilson to Dan Marino. We'll talk about it another time. But I want to get your insight on a debate here that we had yesterday that got kind of heated at the table. <laughs> Who yeah. is the better overall entertainer, Jamie Foxx or Usher Raymond? Have at it. It has to be Jamie Foxx. As much as I can appreciate about Usher, Usher is a, a good singer, <laughs> a good dancer, but on the big screen, he's not going to wow you. You know what I'm saying? I believe he was in Light It Up and The Faculty, um, and that's just yeah. off the top yeah. of my head. But when it comes to Jamie Foxx, <laughs> Jamie Foxx got classics. Come on, man. I mean, my, my dude did right. You know, he, he won an Oscar for that. And, and he's one of the best singers in the business. Oh, and not to mention, his stand-up comedy is unbelievable. Do you remember back in the day, Wanda? Yeah, Wanda from The Living Color. So um, Jamie Foxx is one of the most versatile talents in the business. And I met Jamie Foxx on a few occasions. He's the coolest guy ever. So um, I don't even think it's a comparison. I, I truly believe uh, Jamie Foxx is in a stratosphere by himself. Music, movies, comedy. And on top of that, just the overall cool cat. All right, Nate. So we still got to talk a little bit of football with you here. Uh, okay. You were in favor right. of Cam winning that job up there in New England the whole time, right, throughout this whole yeah. process. What do you make of how everything unfolded in New England? Do you have any issues with the way the Patriots handled things? I do. I, I, I do. I, I love the way that they handled it. And here's the thing about Bill Belichick and the Patriots. You know, I've learned over the course of my career, not just as an analyst, but even when I played, to never question what Bill Belichick does. I came in in 03. That was the beginning of this dynasty. Um, you know, we, we talked about it the last couple of weeks, Cam Newton being the starter, and I pounded on the table and said it's his job to lose. And then Cam had a mishap with the protocol and the testing. 
and he missed a handful of days. Now, I wouldn't say that Cam being released had um, anything to do with how he tested, but I do feel like those days where he missed, those crucial days during training camp where Mac Jones slid in there and said, I got this. I was having a, um, a conversation with Phil Sims, and we were talking about Mac Jones and how much of the roster um, he's familiar with and if he can be a leader amongst these men that are already there. He said, sure. You know, he's a Bama guy. You know, he comes in right away with that ability to lead. And, th and then I asked, well, how much of the playbook does he know? Because in the preseason, you have a very basic, vanilla, granola offense, as we like to say on Good Morning Football. He said, forget about that. How much does he know? He knows the entire playbook. Say, Come on, Phil. You're, you're tripping. I know you're the quarterback whisperer, and you know everything quarterback, but you're telling me that Mac Jones knows the entire playbook that the Patriots are running right now? And he said yes. He, he ran a, a pro-like system in college, and coming in, being drafted where he was, they knew that he can grab that playbook, which we know is a difficult playbook to learn, as complex as it is. He is a guy that they can give the playbook to and say, you know what? You can start week one, and we won't have to hold back on how much we use and use you. So um, I feel like they made the right decision for the team. I was a little shocked by Cam Newton being released, but I'm looking forward to seeing what Mac Jones does. And also, what, what, what did Kyle Brandt say? He said this is Super Bowl 50-something and a half. Um, 55 and a half. Buccaneers. 55 and a half, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. versus the New England Patriots. That's going to be a game to watch. It's so true. Great analysis from Nate there. Nate, you can have burlesque, burlesque, and you can even bring Nate Stradamus to the general population. If you and Gail King try doing flinko, fantasy <laughs> flinko, you will be hearing from my lawyer, Bradley Runyon. <laughs> I got you. We, we won't do that or making the case. I saw you guys do that this week, too. Mm. Uh, okay, Nate, one of the best games of your career, one of the biggest games you had happened against a secondary featuring this man who you love here to my left. You, my friend, had 119 yards and two touchdowns for the Seahawks. D'Angelo and his Falcons came away with the win, though. It was a wild 41-41 to win back in 2007. Nate, let's start with you. What do you remember about that game and about going up against D'Angelo? Well, one, I remember uh, cooking in this game and thinking to myself, oh, these dudes can't stop me. But you know what it was? D. Hall wasn't on me, though. You know, I was picking on, uh, you know, their, their second and their nickel back that corner. That number three. Yeah. Got it. it you know, I, 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 I know who to pick on on the field. But, listen, shout out to Chris Houston. Um, that's my dog. But, uh, you know, giving more credit to uh, Seneca Wallace in that game because I told him, I'm feeling good, throw me the ball, and he sure did. But going up against D'Angelo, truly one of the best in the business. And, and I'm not just saying that because he's here. Listen, you guys know how I feel about Charles Woodson. Um, you know how I feel about Chet Bailey, Antoine Winfield. Now, imagine a guy that possesses all of those things and might be more naturally gifted than all of those dudes. I've never seen a guy that can shoot those long hands at the line of scrimmage and then recover in the way that he could. D'Angelo was so fast sometimes and smart that he would let you win in a route just a little bit, maybe a yard or two, knowing that he can bait the quarterback into throwing the ball and then pick him off just like that. And when the ball was in the air... This dude wasn't looking at me. Most DBs are looking at the eyes and the hands. They got to shoot through and get the PBU. D'Angelo was looking at the rock. I'm like, what are you looking at? I'm looking at the rock. You're not a receiver. But he felt like a receiver when he was out there at DB. D'Angelo, you know I'm telling the truth. Always. Always, man. And I don't know if it's because I played a little bit of receiver, especially in college. But, yeah, when that ball's in the air, that's my pet peeve when I watch DBs. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, and they just – 
they seem too nervous or scared to turn around and see the football, man. And I was always taught when that ball's in the air, it's anybody's. And so the misconception yeah. is DBs can't catch. I was one of those freaky DBs, man. And I, I, man, my hands were better than some receivers. Mm -hmm. And so if it was in the air, I was going to try to go get it. But, I mean, Nate had a hell of a day that game. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm looking at some of the clips, and, I mean, I remember – like, telling the coach, coach, let me go get him. Let me go get him. Coach, like, no, no, no. You got to go stay on Bobby Ingram. Go stay mm. on. Uh, I don't know if Corn Robinson was out yeah, there sure. time, too. And so, I yeah. mean, it was it was a fun game, man. And I, I enjoyed battling against you. But people ask me that all the time. Like, why weren't you on Nate? I'm like, because if I wasn't on Nate, I was probably on Calvin Johnson mm -hmm, in Detroit. Mm -hmm, or I was mm -hmm. probably on Bobby Ingram, who, mm -hmm. you know, also was a, yep. was a stud receiver as well. So, yeah, man. No I appreciate the love, though, bro. Thank you. Of course, Thanks. man. Of course. And you're doing your thing right now on TV, man. Great job, brother. Nate, great job by you. I'm really enjoying these check-ins. Hopefully there's more to come here. Good luck to you on your there debut. Is. We'll be wishing you the best and watching you. And I know the crew wants to say hi. Enza, Danny, Ishama, Tamika, everybody's saying hi and missing you and giving you all the love. No doubt. I love you guys. I truly do. I miss you guys. And to the viewers that are watching... Um, thank you so much for all the support and the encouragement moving on to this next phase in my life. I love you guys. ZMFB fam for life. Love you too. Love you too. You Nathan, too. Bro. You Appreciate look happy, content, and ready to go. The world's not ready for Nate Ferguson. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.